Shout, I'm ready. Stand across the room. Thank you, choir. Pastor John, that was awesome as always. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Now, I'm going to tell you, seven out of eight weeks, I haven't been able to preach on a Sunday. We've had so much going on. I was on vacation, then y'all did the party, and then that, uh, that heifer last Sunday, Irma, messed me up. But I'm here today. I'm, I tell you, I feel like preaching. Who came to receive from the Lord? You know, one of the things I'm glad about is that we're doing life together here at Calvary, that we're brothers and sisters. And, and uh, you know, the theme of our church is experience the spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. And, and I'm starting a brand new series that they actually call Living the Life. And, and I'm determined, man, I am going to be close to my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I'm so glad that you're here. We're taking our point passage from Exodus 14. It'll show up on the, on the screen. But hey, give all of our live streamers a big shout. We're so glad to have you. I'm going to skip around just a little bit. Israel's here at the Red Sea Dilemma. And I'm just going to talk today about being connected. And I, I'm going to preach today. I'm just warning you right up front. But verse 10 says that when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt so with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you, Moses, in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. You know you're in trouble when where you come from and what you come out of starts looking better than where you're going. Come on. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. Somebody say today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see them again no more forever. Oh, ooh, goodness gracious. Verse 24. Now it came to pass in the morning, watch, that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians. Bear in mind now, he's already parted the Red Sea for the Israelites. And, and the Bible says that he looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, and the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hands over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. 
Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained, but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Verse 30, so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Chapter 15, then Miriam, verse 20, the prophetess and the sister of Aaron took the tambourine in her hand and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dances. And Miriam said to them, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. Now listen, we have challenges here because our church is so big and we can get about 10 or 12 tambourines and a drum and a, and a horn and everything playing at one time and it becomes challenging. But today, the Lord gave me a word. Because you know, everybody can't play the tambourine as good as you can, come on somebody. But, so it gets challenging, but today God gave me a word. We just come out of something. Did anybody come out of anything? Come on, has anybody been through anything? So I, the Bible says that Miriam answered and said, sing to the Lord a, a new song, and she took her tambourine. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's been good to me. Pass my tambourine. Oh, if you got a reason to praise him, I want you to praise him right now. I said, if you got a reason to praise him, if you got a tambourine, you can shake it now. Come on, it said, if you got a shout, you can shout now. If you got a clap, you can clap now. Hallelujah. So, Father, just have your way in this house. Speak a word in Jesus' name. And everybody that's ready, shout, I'm ready. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Man, God has been good to us, has he not? I said, God has been good to us, has he not? I want to talk to you for a few minutes about living this life together and being connected together and walking in unity together. And, and if any people knew about living life together, it was this traveling group of, of vagabond nomads at that moment, Israelites. Pastor Moses had his hands full. Come on. He had some kind of congregation. He wasn't as blessed as I am. <laughs> he, had, he had an ornery bunch to lead. But I made some observations as it relates to this text, and I saw some powerful things about how even in tough times, the Israelites made that journey together. And I want to point to the fact today that at Calvary, y'all, we're doing life together. We need each other. How many of you are thankful for everybody on your road? Come on. Give God praise for everybody on your road. We, we need each other. And I want to share with you some of the characteristics that I extracted as I was studying this text this week, and this just came literally alive to me. And I want to talk to you about how we do things in this church using as a foundation and a backdrop this study here in Exodus. Now, let me tell you about this church. In this church, I can't speak for every church, but in this church, we come through trouble together. <laughs> in the world, you have people you get into trouble with, but how many of you thankful that in the church, we come out of trouble together? 
I wonder if there's anybody in the house and you've come out of some trouble. Let me hear from you if you've come through some trouble in your life. See, see, trouble is the great equalizer, isn't it? We all deal with trouble. Everyone faces it. We all have to contend with it, and absolutely no one is immune. I don't care what your race is. Trouble doesn't care how much money you have. Trouble doesn't care how healthy you are. It doesn't matter how well-adjusted you feel. Trouble doesn't even care how fine you think you are. You and your fine self will go through trouble. Can I get a witness? We kid ourselves if we think that salvation is somehow an inoculation against trouble. We think that when we get saved, we don't have trouble anymore. But the truth is, we still have trouble. You can be saved and still go through hell. Oh, nobody's saying amen. But the truth is, you can be sanctified and still have trouble. You can talk in tongues and still have trouble. You can praise the Lord and still have trouble. I'm given, but I'm still facing trouble. Everything's not just right. I've been praising, but I'm still dealing with trouble. I've been worshiping, but I still got some trouble. How many of you have praised God through trouble in times? Is there anybody here that's, that's given through trouble in times? You've been faithful even in trouble and and that's the issue here in this church we come through trouble together now now these israelites it's powerful to me what struck me about this story was that even though god had delivered them from egypt still they were contending with trouble delivered but still facing trouble and hear me that's why you can't sit around and and, and judge people in the church because the truth is we are all coming out of trouble. We've all either been in trouble, just got out of trouble, or coming through trouble. That's why you can't judge somebody because their trouble is different than your trouble. Trouble is different. And if you stick around long enough, trouble will find you. And you can't sit around and dog somebody else out because their trouble ain't your trouble. Trouble is trouble. And what you need to do is pray for somebody who's in trouble. So when you get in trouble, they will pray for you. Tell your neighbor, I'm praying for you. Yeah, yeah, I ain't going to judge you because your trouble is different than my trouble. Your issue is different than my issue. Your problem is different than my problem. I'm only here because God is good and he's brought me through trouble before. And if he brought me through before, he will bring me through again. Hallelujah. So powerful to me because it struck me that these people came through trouble together. See, trouble tells on folk. You, you can tell who's really with you when you get in trouble. Hello, somebody. You find out who your friends are when you're facing trouble. Now, now we like the Israelites, you know, they're on their way to the promised land and they're, in, they're encountering trouble. And how many of you know this world is not our home? We're on our way to heaven. And we're facing troubles along the way. And, and the fact is, if you knew the stories that were sitting around you, if you understood what people had already been through, if you really knew the trouble that they had gone through and come out of, you might understand a little bit better their praise. Because in this house, people have come out of addiction. Oh, Jesus. 
In this house, people have come out of the trouble of addiction, the trouble of unforgiveness, the trouble of divorce and brokenness, the trouble of abandonment, the trouble of sexual sin, the trouble of anger, the trouble of bitterness, the trouble of bad times, the trouble of depression, the trouble of their past. Every one of us has come out of something. That's why Calvary praises like we praise because we have full recollection of where we once were and we are not there anymore. We have come out of trouble. If you've come out of some trouble, make a little noise in the room right now. You can't judge anybody because of their trouble. And then the next thing you can't allow is for your trouble to alienate you from the very people that you need. The Egyptians are in hot pursuit, aren't they? You know the story. They're chasing the Israelites, and, and the Israelites have been mightily delivered by the hand of God. But the 14th chapter and the second and third verse came alive to me as I really began to study and reflect behind the scenes and look at the original text. Because the Bible said in the second verse, it's, the Lord said, speak to the children of Israel that they may turn and camp before Peharoth, before Migal, watch this, Migal, and the sea opposite Belzephon. You shall camp before, before it by the sea, for Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. In other words, he will say, I've got them trapped now. They are hemmed in. They are trapped by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Now, now this came alive in me because Pharaoh thought at that moment that he had them because he said, I've got them now. They're trapped by the land. They're bewildered by the land. The, the, the typography, the, there's, a, the, 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 there's mountains all around them. We're in front of them and the Red Sea is behind them. And I've got them right where I want them. But hear me, nothing is an accident with God. God is very strategic. God will set things up that look impossible just so when he does the miracle, can't nobody, even Pharaoh, deny that God showed up and made a way right out of no way. The Bible said the wilderness had closed them in. Have you ever had times in your life where you felt like the wilderness was closing in on you? Oh, let me talk to real people. Have you ever had times in your life where it felt like everything that could be closing in on you was trying to choke your joy, and choke your peace, and, and keep you from the presence and plan and power and breakthrough of God? Here they are in Midgoss, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want you to look behind this text because I'm saying something here. And I defined and looked at the word Midgall in the original text of the Bible in the Hebrew. And Midgall means the tower. It literally was an Egyptian stronghold. It was a place where the Egyptians could stand down and stand over and look down on their enemies. It represented a strong tower. It was a place of, 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 of strong stronghold that the Egyptians had. So here they are. On one side is Midgal. It is the strong tower. And then Baal-Zephon. Baal means Lord or owner. And then Zephon means the north. So on one side you have the, the, the owner of the north. Literally the Lord of the north. It reminded the children of Israel of what they had come out of. That the that the Egyptians ruled them like they owned them. They kept them underneath their thumbs. They, they, they controlled and dominated them like they were lords and owners of them. 
On the other side, <laughs> you had Midgal, you had the strong tower. Everything around them said you're hemmed in. Behind them was the Red Sea. They had, they had a tower on one side. They, they had the, 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 north, uh, the North Mountains on the other side. Everything behind them was an ocean and everything in front of them was an Egyptian army. It looked absolutely impossible. You had the tower, you had the mountains, you had the, you had the Red Sea and you had the army. It looked like there was no way out. And Pharaoh said, I got them right where I want them. Pharaoh said, now I can do them in. There's no way they will get out. They are mine. The land is closing in on them. They have nowhere to flee, but it was just a setup. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there are moments when all you see is a tower on one side. You see mountains you can't climb on another. You see an attack of the enemy in front of you, and you see no way of escape behind you. But God said, I allowed that to happen because I wanted Pharaoh to know that I can still make a way right out of no way. I dropped by here this Sunday morning to tell somebody who feels like you're hemmed in, who feels like the enemy's closing in all around you. You feel like you have nowhere to go. It's just a setup. When the story's over, God is gonna move just what he said he was gonna move. He didn't bring you out of what he brought you out of for you to die in the wilderness. Good God Almighty, I feel a little bit like preaching. Is there anybody that you can look back on your life and you can look back at some of the stuff you made it out of and you don't even know how you made it out of it. You don't even know how God moved the way he moved. You don't even understand how your Red Sea parted and how your enemy didn't get you and how the mountain didn't kill you and how the strong tower never overcame you. But here you are today in 2017 lifting up the name of Jesus because God still makes a way for his people, one, two, three, give him praise if that's you. But what I love about this is Moses kept the people together and they came through trouble together. And what we must never let trouble do in this house is divide us because our most impossible situations are used to remind the devil of who really is Lord when God delivers us out of them. And we got to stay together. Tell your neighbor, say, let's stay together. Come on, say, let's stick together. Now in Jesus' name, we don't stay in trouble, but we come out of trouble together. If you feel like God's gonna bring some things to pass in your life that have been troubling you and you're gonna see victory, Give God some praise right now. It's going to happen in this next season. Now, number two, in this church, I can't speak for every church, but in this church, we are unified. So we stand in faith together. Now, now, now it didn't look good for Israel. It didn't look like it was going to, their story didn't look like it was going to have a happy ending. And Moses said in verse 13, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall accomplish for you this day. Moses said, chill, stand still. God is about to do a thing. Mm. 
your trouble tells you that God is about to do a thing. God is about to move a thing. God is about to shift a thing. God is about to change a thing. God is about to restore a thing. God is about to bless a thing. God is about to turn a thing around. God is about to heal a thing. God is about to put a thing back together. God is about to move an obstacle out of the... Stand still. Don't, don't run away. God is about to do a thing. Who am I talking to in this room? I believe God is about to do a thing. <laughs> Glory to God. Moses said, stand still. Don't give up. Don't get divided. Don't, don't somebody run over here or run over there. Stand still. Stand your ground. Is there anybody standing your ground about some things? Anybody standing your ground about your children? Come on, about your grandchildren? Do you stand in your ground about your breakthrough? Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God was about to do a thing. Hear me at this church. You look around. We come from all backgrounds, all different races, all different faces, all different places all different kinds of people, all different backgrounds in this room. But don't get it bent, baby. In Jesus' name, we stand together. I said we stand together. We trust God together. How many of you, if you get really sick, you want Calvary praying for you? Can I get a witness? If you really need a breakthrough, you want somebody in this house that will stand with you and rebuke cancer out of your body, that will rebuke addiction off of your children. We stand together. We believe together. We pray together. We worship together. We give together. Moses said, stand still and see. Oh, who's ready to see some things? Come on. People wonder why this church has so much of the favor of God on it. People have asked me for years, they look around and all the thousands of people that come to this house and are part of this ministry, our campuses are thriving. They're doing phenomenal. Now we're in New Smyrna Beach on a piece of property with a brand new building built that's been packed twice already this Sunday morning. They say, how do you have so many breakthroughs, so much love, so much power? How do you have so much diversity at Calvary? How are you able to see so many races and faces and places and backgrounds of people you see, we see the undeniable favor and power of God because we come in this house and we stand together. We worship together. We believe together. We pray together. And hear me, people brag about unity while remaining connected to everybody that is exactly like them, who looks just like them, who responds just like them, who acts just like them. Baby, that ain't unity. That is sameness. Unity cannot exist without diversity. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's impossible for there to be unity unless there is diversity. What makes Calvary so beautiful is that there is truly diversity, and in this diversity, we have found unity. 
And the unity that we have found is not because we have the same backgrounds, not because we were raised the same, not because we have the same nationality or pigmentation, the color of skin. That is not what we are unified around. We are unified around the fact that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and then that unity is what makes us so powerful. Hear me in this house. I love the fact that there is diversity in this room. I love the fact that there is diversity on your row because that is the kingdom of God. And you say, well, how does God feel about diversity? God is crazy about diversity. God loves diversity. You say, how do you know? Because he created it. God made white folk, he made black folk, he made red folk, he made yellow folk. Oh, Jesus. He made Anglos and African Americans. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. God made it all. Now, if you've been fearfully and wonderfully made, make a little noise in the room. He made every one of us. He made us. And you know what he likes? He likes seeing his people getting together and not worrying about their differences, but celebrating the sameness that he is the Lord and King. God loves diversity. I believe he gets a kick out of Calvary Christian Center. I believe he's loving what's going on in this church. Somebody give God praise for unity. African Americans and Hispanics, come on. White folk and Asian folk. God knew I needed that because I like all that kind of food. I'll eat sushi, come on. I, my, 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 my Latin folk know I love Mexican food and Lord Jesus, give me some soul food. Uh, you give me, oh Jesus, come on somebody. I'm thankful for diversity. I'm thankful that we are not all the same. I think, I'm thankful that when we look around, we see the hand of God and God blesses diversity when diversity can find unity. Somebody give God some praise if you're thankful for the unity that's in this house. How does God feel about diversity? He loves it. The Bible said in Psalms 133, 1, behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren, push your neighbor and say, and the sisters, come on. We need sisters in unity to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil coming down upon the head, running down upon the beard, even, even the beard of Aaron running down to the edge, the skirts of his garment. Watch this. It is like the dew of Hermon that descended upon the mountains of Zion. Here it goes. For there the Lord commands his blessing, even life forevermore. God said, when I find folks in unity, he said, I got to bless those folk. He said, when I find folk getting together, he said, that's the kind of folk that get under a commanded blessing. I will command my blessing. Tell your neighbor, I'm under a commanded blessing. Yeah, yeah, I'm under a commanded breakthrough. I'm under the commandment of the Lord. Now watch this. The word command there in the Hebrew, it means to throw a blessing as if by pointing the finger to the destination that you're throwing it. It means to point where you're throwing. And it means to throw that blessing, oh Jesus, at that destination that you're pointing at. So God looks at Calvary and sees all this diversity sitting here in unity. 
and God said, let me get my ball of blessing and let me throw my ball of blessing down on that church because in that diversity, I am finding unity. You don't know it, but God is pointing at your row right now. God is pointing at your seat right now. Make a little noise if you're ready to receive the blessing of the Lord that comes from being a, no, that ain't gonna work. If you believe God can bless this diversity, make a little noise in the house. He blesses this diversity because we found our way to unity and we cannot let anything divide us. We cannot let MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, Headline News or anybody else divide us. There comes a day when you've got to be compassionate one towards another, but you've also got to understand that the ultimate agenda is not an attack against the world. He's already got the world. He wants to divide the only answer. But I serve hell notice, devil. Your tricks ain't working in Calvary Christian Center. We are going to come together. We're going to love on each other. We need one another. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Mm. So we stand in faith together, depending on the goodness of God. God blesses us when we stand together. But the third thing I want you to know is this. In this church, we experience the power of God together. We experience God's power together. Is there anybody here that believes in a powerful God? Oh, Jesus. I said, do you believe in a powerful God? I serve a God that saves to the uttermost. I serve a God that heals, delivers, frees. He's still doing miracles. He still makes a way out of no way. He'll still set a crack addict free. He'll still straighten somebody out in sexual sin. He'll, he'll still heal sick bodies. He'll still do the impossible. And we come to Calvary and we want to experience the power of God together. Said, the Bible said in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. Here's what the, the, the Lord told uh, Moses to tell the people, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Some of y'all, the enemy's been trying to steal your peace, but you need to stick with your brothers and sisters and declare that we are gonna see the power of God together. Let me encourage you, hold your peace. Don't let the enemy rob you of your peace. Hold your peace. In this church, we are tenacious about seeing the power of God revealed together. Here's the facts. I wouldn't give you two cents for a church without power. I don't wanna go to a religious church. I don't care if the ushers have got on white gloves or no gloves. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I don't care if they light candles or blow candles out. That's not where the power comes from. I want to be in a church where if I'm sick, healing can manifest. If I'm lost, salvation can manifest. If I'm depression, depressed, joy can come. I wouldn't give you two cents for a God that wasn't powerful. And you come to church and you're in a church where we experience the spirit of God. We experience the power of God. Hallelujah. And Israel stood together. And because they stood together, they saw the power of God. And I want to tell you something, precious. We are more powerful together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the church is more powerful together. Say, we are more powerful together. We are more powerful together. We can change things together. We can, we can see miracles together. Hallelujah. 
We stand with one another. We stand by one another and we see God's power revealed in this place. People in this house, you don't know it, but they've come through so much. They've been delivered from so much. And time and again, we have stood together. Time and again, I've stood with you and your families for breakthrough. And I'm here to tell you, no matter how it looks, we are standing with you together and we will see God move in power. If you need a breakthrough, you be encouraged. Don't you let the enemy steal you of your joy. The enemy hates it because in 20 years, y'all, we've been through a lot. I've been here 20 years and we've faced some mess. Capital M-E-S-S. Come on, somebody. Some mess. We've come through stuff. You think about it. We had the terrorist attacks of 2001. Everybody was all upset, terrified, scared. And I remember shortly after that, Ashcroft was saying that the, the, the threat level was orange. Come on, somebody. And people were panicking. Now it's orange and we go out and have ribs. Come on, somebody. The truth is orange now. We having a we, we having a party at the park. We having ribs. If I die, I'm on die with a rib hanging out of my mouth. Come on. We were terrified in 2001, but God brought us through it. We've come through the fires. Y'all remember the fires? Everything around town was on fire. Some of y'all wasn't here then. We, we tried to have church, and there was so much smoke in the church that we couldn't even hardly have church. The whole place was on fire. They were evacuating all around us. We've been through stock market crashes, family crisis, personal issues, national issues, and five hurricanes. But we're still here, and we've still stood together. We didn't have church last Sunday, but we came back this Sunday. Where are y'all at? Didn't have power most of the week, but baby, some of us still ain't got it, and some of us got it back. Thank God I got the power back. I didn't like, it was hot as Hades in my house. Y'all would use the other word, but the religious folk would get mad about it. It was hot as, y'all know what I'm talking about. I ain't even been there, but I tell you that, I ain't going there because of that. When it's 92 degrees in the house, you, and that's downstairs, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. About the fifth night that I was sleeping on, a, on, on, on the recliner, and it's hot and everybody around me is getting power but me. Everybody on my staff got power but me and Jackie. All these young people, the young people need to sweat. The old folk need power. After 50, you gotta have air conditioning. Them 20-year-olds, they can sweat. Let them 24-year-olds sweat, but give the old folk power. Can I get a witness? We gotta have some air. We can't take a shower. It's a... You want a hot shower, but you don't want one because it's so hot when you get in. Oh, Jesus. All these young people around me telling me we got the power. We got power. Our power turned off. We never even lost power. You just... <laughs> Y'all be religious if you want to. But you know, you need power, don't you? You found out in this storm, you really need power. You found out in this storm, I need some power. And I'm telling you what, there's a different kind of power that I need. I need some power. And if you got power, I want to get next to you because 
I need the power you got and you need the power I got. Make a little noise if you're glad to be in a church where we experience the power together. I need somebody to praise the Lord up in this house. Pastor Jen is on a cruise. Pastor Jen, our kids, Pastor and Ronnie, they're on a cruise. So on Thursday night, they said, go over to my house. I don't like to go to people's house. I don't like to sleep all up in people's beds. Come on. But they're on a cruise. <laughs> Don said, we going. I said, yes, we are. We went over there, I need to leave them 50 bucks because I made that house so cold you could have built an igloo in that place. Come on, somebody. I value the power. Tell your neighbor, I value the power. The power is important. And I'm telling you, I don't want to pastor a church where there ain't no power. I don't want to come in with people that don't want any power. But I believe one of the reasons that Calvary is who it is and what it is is because there are some people that want the power of God together. We experience it together. Jesus, we've stood together. I said we've stood together. We've stood together and seen God's mighty power revealed. Let me just say, give a side note to you. At Calvary, we don't leave people behind. We don't write folks off. We don't get overcome by the attacks of the enemy. We stand together and we see God's mighty power bring us through again and again and again. Finally, number four, in this church, we defeat the devil. together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, in this church, we defeat the devil together. Yeah, yeah. How many of you are ready to see your brothers and sisters defeat the devil? How many of you are ready to see the attacks of the enemy broken in your life? One side is Midgar, the strong tower. The other side, you've got, you've got the Lord of the North. You've got the mountainous range that's impregnable. Behind them, you've got the Red Sea. In front of them, you've got Egypt. And it is a desperate situation. But then, then, then God parted the Red Sea. Now watch this. Then the Lord said to Moses, after he had parted the Red Sea, the Egyptians are in hot pursuit now. And the Lord sends angels to loosen the, the, the wheels of the chariots and he gave the chariots a flat tire. Come on, somebody. And then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hands over the sea. And when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And they experience that together. See, victory is more fun when you have somebody to share it with. At Calvary, we don't compete, we don't compare, we are family, and when one of us wins, we all win. Praise God, we're gonna do life together, and I'm gonna pray for you, and you're gonna pray for me, and I will praise when you get your breakthrough, will you praise when I get mine? Come on, I'm gonna praise over your breakthrough, will you praise over mine? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'll praise over your breakthrough. 
Come on, ask him. Say, will you praise over mine? Say, will you shout when my children get saved? Will you praise when my job opens up? Will you praise when I get that relationship I'm believing for? I got to hurry up and get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, I can't wait to see the big things God's going to do for you next. If you receive that, give God some praise. Now can I preach like I feel like preaching? have been sitting down for seven weeks and I'm standing up today to do a little bit of preaching like I like to preach. So you're gonna have to bear with me. The Bible said, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today for these Egyptians whom you see today you will see them again no more for ever who am I talking to I hear the Lord say time's up I hear the Lord say there's some mess you've been fighting you ain't gonna fight it anymore there's some battles you've been dealing with. You ain't gonna deal with it no more. Touch your neighbor and say no more. There's some antagonizers. No more. There's some health issues. No more. There's some family problem. Oh, there's some addictions. No more. Touch three people and say no more, no more, no more. God, somebody stand to your feet and give the Lord praise that you're stepping in to a no more season. Come here, don't. Hurry up, give God a praise. Come here, come here. There's a scripture in Nahum. I want you to share that scripture in Nahum. Are you ready? You gotta sing it. Don't just speak it, but sing it. I don't know if I can sing it. But this morning I told him as he was he was prophesying this in first service. And Nahum 1.9 says, whatever you plot against the Lord, he will bring it to an end. And trouble will not come a second time. I told him I was actually in my prayer closet this morning. And that scripture had come to me and I was declaring so I was praying for some people to be healed. And just rebuking sickness and those weapons that have come against your body in the name of Jesus. But when the enemy attacks things that God is doing, the things God has his hand on in the name of Jesus. God will bring it to an end and trouble will not come back a second time. Hallelujah. Trouble will not come back a second time. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, trouble will not come back a second time. Where are the praises at? Where are the praises at? Where the praises at? I gotta know more in my spirit. I gotta know more in my spirit. I need somebody, one, two, three. Give him a crazy praise right now. I was reading this story and I got transfixed because I found something out 
the same God that opened the door for Moses shut the door on his enemies. And I'm telling you there are things that have opened for you but it's going to shut on your enemies and you're going to deal with those issues no more. So it brings me to my final point. Everybody standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a way-making God we serve. What a healing God we serve. What a victorious giving God we serve. What a joy-releasing God we serve. What a cancer healing God we serve. What a marriage restoring God we serve. What a child saving God we serve. What a mind blowing God we serve. What a door opening God we Glory to God. In this church we come through trouble together. In this church we stand in faith together. In this church, in this church we experience God's power together. In this church we defeat the devil together. But finally, number five, in this church we praise the Lord together. Somebody praise him right now. So Miriam looks out and Miriam sees the Red Sea, Pastor Troy, closing in on her enemies. She sees that God has already opened up and made a way when they had the Red Sea behind them, when they had the mountains on one side, the lords of the north, and they had towers on the other side. Yeah, Jesus. And they had Pharaoh's army in front of them. And they fled and God made a way for them to get across on dry ground. And then Miriam looks and the same God that opened up the Red Sea for her shut it on her enemies. And I can see Sister Miriam say, hey, wait a minute. Where is my tambourine? Pass my tambourine. God has been good to us. I gotta give him praise. Tell five people, say, pass my tambourine. Say, Pastor, Pastor Don, you didn't tell but one. Find five people and say, pass my tambourine. Turn around and tell somebody, pass my tambourine. God brought me a long way, pass my tambourine. God made a way out of no way, pass my tambourine. God picked me up out of a mess, pass my tambourine. God delivered my children, pass my tambourine. God opened the door. And here, now if you got a tambourine, you can play it now. Y'all don't know about me, but I am actually a tambourine player. When I was a little boy, you couldn't play the drums in the church because that was too much of the world. But you could play the tambourine. And when I was about seven years old, somebody bought me a tambourine. And I, before I ever played the drums, I played the tambourine. Y'all don't know, I could, I could play that drums right there, right now. 
but I'm going to play the tambourine this morning. So tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, if I was you, I would act like God has been good to me. Pass my tambourine. If you got a tambourine, play it now. Yeah! Ah, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Ah, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. If you wanna jump out and praise him right now, say it. Say, I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. I gotta shout. crazy together. We clap our hands together. Some of y'all are sitting here saying, man, I've never seen nothing like that. They shouted, the pastor sweating, and he even played the tambourine. I got skills you don't know nothing about. Come on. But my point is this. When Miriam saw all that the Lord had done, she praised him. And sometimes things are unreleased in our lives because we won't praise the Lord for all that he's done. We're not thanking him for what he's done. And we're asking him to do something else. See, in this church, we're going to be in unity. I'm not letting, I'm not letting the world divide this church. I won't allow it. I won't allow it. I won't allow it. You are precious to me. You are, you are my sons and daughters in the Lord. I've, I, I fed you. You are my own in the Lord. And, and then listen, if I'm the father of this house, the enemy will not come in this house and divide us. We are not going to have it. We will not have it. 
Just like when that Jose tried to come, I said, no way, Jose, can I get a witness? In this church, we come through trouble together. Aren't you glad that you're in a church where you don't have to fake? That when you come through trouble, you come through it together. In this church, we stand in faith together. Come on. Number two, we stand in faith together. Number three, in this church, we experience God's power together. Number four, in this church, we defeat the devil together. And number five, I love this. In this church, we praise the Lord together. We will never lose our fire. We will never lose our passion. We will never lose our praise. It is the identity of this house. It's who we are. I think that for many of you, that is what's drawn you to this place. The freedom, the diversity, and the liberty, and the love that's in this place. We won't lose that. Now, we're, we're getting ready for our small group season. And we're gonna really be pointing people as never before to get connected and to become a part of small groups. Because some of y'all need to learn to be self-feeders. Some of you, the only time you eat is when I'm cooking on Sundays. But we're trying to create small groups all over town and as this thing unfolds, it's gonna be more and more powerful. But don't get it bent, man. We will never lose who we are. A diverse, powerful, glory-filled house where we root and cheer for one another. You're precious to me. I need you. I know many of our people couldn't be here today because they're still without power. Much of Palm Coast and all of our northern folks are still struggling, Flagler Beach. But I'm so glad that you came today. Lord, restore all the power in Palm Coast, Flagler, Orlando, Deltona, in Jesus' name, Daytona, 20,000 or so in Volusia. Many of our people are without power. Thank you, Lord. I feel the anointing in here. With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if you're in the room and you'd say, Pastor, there's sin in my life. When you pray for somebody, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, and you would say, since you're praying anyway, Pastor Rayleigh, pray for me. When I count to three, raise your hands. Are you ready? One, two, three. Pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with God. Hands in every section. I'm going to ask you to take your hand and place it over your heart right now. Pastor Troy's coming. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart and wash it clean in your precious blood. Thank you that I'm a part of your family and I'm a part of this family. Give me a new beginning in Jesus' name. Listen, what's next for you, what's next for you is growth track. What's next for you if you prayed that prayer? You need to get plugged in and get involved. How many of you think they ought to join this family and be a part of this family? This is not the end, it's the beginning. I want you to reach over and touch your neighbor's shoulder right now. Everybody touch your neighbor's shoulder. Wednesday night, Pastor Troy, it's actually Rosh Hashanah. It's the new year. It is the actual day of the new year. So Wednesday night, listen, y'all, I'm actually going to unpack what it means, Rosh Hashanah. And things, I'm going to detour from my 
my series just a minute because I want you to lay hold of some breakthroughs in the fourth quarter. You're going to see some things in October, November, and December. I prophesy. You're going to see some breakthroughs in October, November, and December. I have 12 people. I said, you're going to see some breakthroughs in October, November, and December. But I need, to, I need to teach you. I need to show you where you are, where you can lay your faith around the promises of Rosh Hashanah. It's going to be very powerful. It's going to be a mind-blowing teaching. You don't want to miss it. Come, Pastor Troy, and pray with us. Oh, by the way, all the new people, I'm going to be in the back. I'd love to meet you at Guest Central. Like he has said here, Pastor Dawn and our staff are going to go. When you leave, if you're our guest, go out this middle and go to the left. There's a guest information area. Stop by there. Uh, and say hello to Pastor Rayleigh and our team and just let us, let us pray with you and talk to you. We'd appreciate you dropping by. Remember, God's got something great for you. Leave all the worries in here. When you leave here, knows God's already got it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our life. God, many of us may came here burdened, but we're leaving here free. God, knowing that we've already built a solid foundation, and now, God, we open ourselves to rely on you. God, do it in the way in which you want to do it. Bless and touch your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you Wednesday night. <laughs>